Hey guys, welcome back to the Black, the Black Sheep. Sheep. Um, today is very interesting. I feel like we always say that to every video, but like it is always interesting, guys. <laughs> it is not to toot our own little horn. Yeah, but it's fucking spooky season, bitches. Spooky season, baby. And you better grab your <clears throat> your broomstick. Hop fly on, on that. that thing. Yeah, hop on that. Oh, hop on that broomstick, girl. Oh, hop on that. okay. You know what? <laughs> Never mind. It sounds weird okay. now. <laughs> Anyways, so today is October 1st. Yes, if you're watching video version. Oh, right. If you're watching video. I always get confused. <laughs> but um, it's October, um, so that's why we got a little red background yes. going on. If you're watching video version, we got the red background instead of that purple one. Yeah, we feel like it's it's just a little bit more spooky. A little bit more you scary. Know? It's like blood. <laughs> it's like blood. It's like blood. But um, yeah, so we're super excited. It's October, mm -hmm. our favorite freaking season, our favorite holidays coming up. Um, yes, sir. And we decided that for the whole month of October, we are going to be doing um, spooky vibe episodes, Episodes, basically. Yeah. So um, we're going to be posting five times instead of, well, five times through the month of October. Um, instead of just having that one episode at the, at the fourth episode, we're going to have just all the episodes, mm -hmm. um, spooky episodes. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a treat for you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy that, but there's going to be five yeah. episodes in a row. <laughs> if you like, if you like scary things, spooky things, um, I don't know. We're into that. Yeah. So basically, don't. basically six episodes in a row because the MK Ultra <laughs> one just came out. Yeah, honestly. And then uh, really this is. one. And then so like five other episodes. <laughs> um, hopefully you guys rock with that. We will be back to just a regular scheduled, um, you know, whatever our schedule is regular scheduled programming um back uh after the next after month. october yeah next yeah. month but you know we got to get into the spooky season like that's that's what our show is all about so we decided we'll just you know even though we recorded <laughs> some episodes that we have to put out but now we have to hustle and record these ones beforehand so yeah it's fine. since it's something that we just really enjoy like we were, we just really enjoy the month of october right, yeah. we felt like it would only be right if for we, us yes and this podcast, the podcast and this podcast if we did spooky episodes uh this entire month yeah so that's what we're going to be doing we have a lot of interesting things that we're going to be talking about but today in this episode we are going to be talking about or not talking about yeah, more so about. reading and telling you guys some spooky stories some scary stories so we're basically going to be going back and forth we, mm -hmm. we each picked out three right each picked out three stories three uh reddit stories mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. that we thought were interesting or spooky or creepy or whatever and we're gonna be going back and forth and you guys comment down below and let us know who wins like which sort <laughs> oh, story scares you the most huh? yeah it has okay, to be okay 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 okay, okay. <laughs> um so let us know which one you enjoy the most listen to it in your room in the dark okay? yeah or just like i what i was listening to is like podcasts if i'm driving somewhere along like in the nighttime or something in the nighttime in your car alone you listen to scary stories yeah sometimes well i used to when i used to drive like far away places but um that's what i used to listen to like I used to like listen to mr nightmare or something mm -hmm. um like on a long love mr nightmare yeah, mr nightmare is like up there bro corpse husband but um oh yeah he's good too um i miss him 
if you I mean if you guys like to listen to scary stories like that just like us then hopefully this episode is going to be right up your alley right up right up there in your in your ass in your ass um but yeah uh i know a lot of people think that that's probably or like some people that don't listen to scary stories they're probably like well that's not really something that i just listen to on just daily but like when i'm doing my makeup i'm listening to scary stories when i'm cleaning i'm listening to scary stories yeah when i wake up and take a shower in the shower (laughs) i listen to scary stories in the shower listening to some scary stories in bed with my significant other listening to scary stories Um, just how it is Mowing the lawn, playing scary stories on the freaking speaker. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's what we're gonna be doing today. Um, yeah. It's gonna be super dope. I, I'm excited for this. I'm episode. very excited for Halloween. I'm excited to decorate my apartment. Um, spookily, spookily. Do you want to talk really quickly before we get started about what scares you? What scares me? Yeah. What are your what are your greatest fears? I ain't afraid of nothing, guys. I'm That's not true. the manliest man ever. <laughs> I ain't afraid of nothing. I've never been afraid of anything in my entire life. <laughs> that is not tr- <laughs> Let's not bring up our childhood, okay? Yeah, don't bring that part up. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't really know what scares me, honestly, if I really had to think about it. I mean, I'm do you always, have an answer? I've always been like, okay, so this is weird, but like, I've always been scared to say what my fears are, like, publicly. Okay. Because <laughs> it's stupid, but like, I always feel like somehow something's going to happen to me that involves, like, my fears. You know, like, the whole, like, jigsaw thing? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's oh. what's going to happen to me. Like, I'm going to get kidnapped, and then, like, they're going to use all my fears, like, against me. <laughs> so I don't like, like, saying them, but... Are these, like, irrational fears? Or, like, what? No. Like, fears that wouldn't happen yeah. in regular life? Yeah, so they're like, irrational. Like, bugs. I'm afraid of bugs. Okay, that's a rational fear, yes. You know? They're, they creep me out. I don't like spiders. Spiders are not bugs. They are classified as bugs. No, they're not. They're arachnids. They're their own thing. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) I still consider them bugs. Okay, so you're afraid of bugs. I'm afraid of bugs. And when I was younger, I was afraid of La Llorona. You were really afraid of that? I was genuinely scared. And my dad knew that. And he would always use it (laughs) to scare me. He would always, like, do the little sound that she does. Yeah. I miss you that yeah, every that night scary. and it would scare me and I'd be like dad stop because I really thought that she was gonna like take me away yeah that's but I'm not scared of her anymore it's like I mean Mexican parents use that to like make their kids like yeah but I was like terrified of her but you weren't I wasn't you? that afraid like I, never... I don't know why I was just really really scared of her like something about a lady in a white dress that just like freaked me out I was afraid of like what my dad would sing like La Mano Peluda, like the hairy. <laughs> That's what you were scared. Kind of. You were scared of a hairy hand. Well, no, because like the 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 um, I don't know if it's like a, what is it a, a rhyme like a song? I don't know what it is, but I don't know if it's actually it is a thing, right? Or my, my dad didn't just make it up. No, he didn't just make it up. Okay. But it's it like says like it's about this guy who um turns into a wolf. Yeah, a werewolf. A werewolf when it's like the I think the the rhyme like I don't know how it goes. But something about the full moon. Something about the full moon, and then he can feel himself turning into something, and then his hair comes out of his arms, and his teeth start coming out. Yeah. And I was afraid of that because I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want that to happen. I'm scared. <laughs> like I don't know why I was afraid like that was gonna happen to me, and I was like just gonna be a wolf now. It's kind of weird thinking back now. Like, why did my dad 
like he just loves scaring us. <laughs> scared like, us all why? the time. I don't understand. Like that's... I mean, sometimes we ask him to though. A lot of the times. Yeah, we would we would play this game when we were younger where we would turn off all the lights, right? In our entire like house. Yeah. yeah. And my dad would pretend that he was like this freaking zombie something werewolf monster thing <laughs> and we would hide somewhere in the house right it was pitch black and we would just be like hiding like under a bed or in the closet and my dad would just come making creepy ass noises he'd be and, like, like snorting and like find us <laughs> yeah like, like a monster that. yeah and we enjoyed it for some reason i don't know why <laughs> but there's a lot that. of times where that was like okay no nah, i can't today <laughs> yeah he's like all right that's enough yeah <laughs> but um no something that i'm genuinely like terrified of and you know this because you use it against me all the time you said mm-hmm. it as my freaking wallpaper oh no I, i've ever since i saw this thing i've just been terrified like i cannot look at it without like screaming and i f- i feel like i'm always gonna be scared of it but i'm talking about momo if you momo. guys don't know the momo challenge i don't even know what that is but there's a momo challenge it was not real what is it though I don't think it was real. It was like people talking about people were saying that there was a Momo challenge going around online and it was basically like something that had to do with like daring kids to do stupid things that would like get them killed. Oh, my goodness. But it was it was just like a rumor that was going around like it wasn't actually like happening. I don't think I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But but. if you guys haven't I mean, everyone's seen it. But if you haven't just look up Momo. Yeah. Or the Momo challenge and then go to images. Momo's i'm pretty sure it. most of you guys know what she looks like it's just Bro, a creepy like, literally, sculpture that someone so, created yeah and it just looks <laughs> terrifying like what we were editing thumbnails the other day um like for the podcast mm-hmm. and when melissa went to the bathroom like i unlocked her phone i downloaded a picture of momo and then i set it as her home like wallpaper and then i had forgot that that completely happened so we were editing thumbnails and then like 10 minutes later melissa opened her phone and literally like screamed out loud like <laughs> scream screaming and like it scared me and i was like what you the literally f- got scared. like you got i was like yo you know that you put it on there yeah but like you don't have to scream <laughs> like someone was like stabbing you like in the neck or something dude that shit terrifies me like i just cannot and like- she like scream scream guys and i was like oh my gosh what and then she was like why would you do that and then i remembered that i had put momo as her wallpaper but i hate it it's so disturbing like i don't understand how someone can literally just like stare at that and not (laughs) feel disturbed like to their core it's not that scary dude Dude, it's anyways so what are you scared of if i really had to think i mean for irrational fear i think claustrophobia is up there i really don't like elevators um like if it's if it's more than like five stories that were going in an elevator i will go in an elevator but i will climb more than five yeah like, I will climb stairs happily for six stories up. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, after that, it's like, okay, I'm, this is getting long. Like, mm-hmm. I'll get in an elevator. But if it's less than, like, five flights of stairs that I have to climb, I'll happily do it because I really don't like being in an elevator. But if you're, like, in a new building and, like, there's a button to press if something goes wrong, you're still scared of going in there? Yeah. Yes. I would, I'm, I would be scared to go into an elevator, but if it was, like, an older building that, like, the elevator could just, like, fall to the freaking floor. I just don't like... it's not stable. Yeah, well, I'm not afraid of it falling. I just don't want to get it... I don't want to get stuck and then, like, elevators, you can't see it through elevators. Yeah, you're just right? confined There's, like, some glass this. elevators, yeah, sure, but most elevators are just, like, a narrow space and there's just, like, 
blocks of concrete all around you mm-hmm. and you're just stuck there yeah so that's like my worst fear is like being stuck somewhere and i can't get out like that that scares the crap out of me so no um that's a pretty big one i have a small fear of heights but i got over that a little bit ago i'm not too afraid of heights um i'm scared of heights bibliophobia fuck is that i scared of the bible scared of books <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> that's that's a real thing but i'm not scared of books though that's actually a real thing yeah bibliophobia i don't know what that that is how so that would happen. fucking funny there's also um i <laughs> forgot go to school i have fuck. bibliophobia okay. i forgot what it was called but there's this one that is called uh or there's this one that's just the fear of everything oh yeah i've heard of that it's just like what you're just like <laughs> just like all the time like i don't know how like how does that work <laughs> I don't know if it's actually a fear of every single thing, right? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you that. So if anyone's watching in the future, just put him in an elevator. Like, you know, when you... No, dude, the other day, <laughs> I, I was I was uh, driving back to my house, and it was like 12 p.m. Or 12 a.m., sorry, like midnight. Mm-hmm. And then I was driving down the street, and I got into my neighborhood, and there was like the stop sign that was there, and the, there was this lady... Like, it literally reminded me of the movie Wreck. Remember the movie Wreck? Mm-hmm. Like, she was R-E-C. just standing like this. I swear to God, dude. She was just standing like this, staring How, into, the, into like nothing. Like an older lady? Or just... Yeah, an older lady. And she was wearing, like, a nightgown. Oh, fuck no. Wait, where? She was just standing there, like, with a nightgown on in the middle of the pitch black darkness. And she was just like this. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it literally, like, it literally, like... You know how, like, you get that, like, drop feeling in your stomach, like, when something, like, weird happens? Yeah. Like, I got that immediately, and I was like, should I call the police or, like, what? Yeah. I didn't do anything. So, you just, so she was just standing there. She was just when standing there. When you drove there. off, she was still, yep, just still standing, standing in the there. same spot? Yeah. It was the weirdest shit. she was on the sidewalk? Or? Yeah, on the sidewalk. Oh. No, there was no one else. No one else around. And there was a street light above her, so, like, That's she even was, creepier. Yeah, I know. It's, like, literally a freaking movie scene. It was fucking weird. And I was like, she's probably on drugs, but that's not normal. So so she was older or she was... She was like probably in her 50s, like oh. mid-50s. She looked like mid-50s. Oh she was God, a, a white woman. The cops. I know. A white woman, like her hair down to like here, brunette. And she was wearing a nightgown. I don't remember if she was wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. But I was like... Well, the first thing I thought was like, that's scary. And the second thing I thought was like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, maybe she... Was like lost or something, or she has like Alzheimer's. Or yeah, something. or anyways, I don't know. that scares me as well. Okay, so random people in the dark, random people, older ladies in nightgowns who stare at nothing outside at night. Yeah, at twelve a.m. without shoes on, with no right shoes under on, under a streetlight. Streetlight, yeah. Nice. So if you, if you look like that, very specific. Don't ever come near me ever again. <laughs> okay, I guess let's get started. Well, let's now. get started into the horror stories. You want to start first, or should I? Um, I think mine are better, so I'll let you start. All right, fuck you. <laughs> I'll start off. I'll start off with my first one. I'm gonna take off my headphones. So <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm probably gonna balls. take my headphones off too. But oh my god, it's raining outside. Is it? Hopefully, bro. Can. It's been raining all day, guys. Like we're really getting into the fall spirit here in Washington. I love it. I love but it. But next week's supposed to be like kind of sunny. Fuck but it's the like. Sun not like hot summer sunny it's like 
fall it's cool out but it's nice and sunny which like i think is the perfect way. high 60s or something yeah me first i guess um all these stories well did you get all your stories from the subreddit yeah so most of these stories basically all of them are from the subreddit um no sleep uh, i'm sure r, you guys have heard of it yeah for sure r slash no sleep um and then we're also going to credit all the posters or the creators of the stories as well so this one um was posted by Evil Knievel 77 mm-hmm. um, and it's titled, When I was nine years old, I was severely traumatized on Halloween. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, guys, here we go. I'm ready Okay. to be scared. I was nine years old. It was Halloween and of course, as always, me and my family had decorated the whole house from top to bottom. My family was really into it, mostly because of my dad. His love for Halloween apparently started early on from childhood. He always told me he had such good memories on Halloween, and as such, he couldn't wait each year to get into the Halloween spirit. Every year, my dad went all out, putting up lights, paper cutouts, the entire front yard covered in spooky animatronics purchased from Spirit Halloween. Fake graveyard tombstones, skeletons, spiderwebs, orange and green fairy lights, jack-o'-lanterns, and a huge amount of artificial fog. Thinking back on it now, the guy had to have spent over 700 a year on Jesus Halloween Christ. decor alone. I feel like that would be you <laughs> as a dad, like going all out for Halloween. Um, our house was decked out with various lights, candles, and fake pumpkins. The whole house screamed orange and black. At night, my dad would turn the lights down low and only let the side table lamps be on, which gave the entire house a very cozy, warm feeling that was also strangely eerie at times. Mm-hmm. Halloween night, of course, no exception, and the house was dark except for the candles and jack-o'-lanterns glowing inside. My dad had turned off the side table lamps to make the house extra dark. We lived just north in Alaska, so this time of year would get very dark very soon in the evening because of our latitude. It also meant everyone's Halloween costumes had to revolve around jackets and winter gear, so no dressing slutty. It wasn't really an option unless you were super drunk. My father usually waited until around 5 o'clock to begin escorting us out to trick-or-treat. Our small town, although not absolutely filled with people, was similarly filled with the Halloween spirit, so we usually got quite a bit of candy each year. I looked out the window into the darkness of the evening, the sun having sunk below the horizon, its light barely leaking out, yellow into the inky bluish black of the night sky i could see the orange glow of the neighbors jack-o'-lanterns flicking on the steps and porches of their houses most houses didn't even try to compare to my dad's house at the time my dad was divorced and had gotten total custody of me and my sister my My mom as such was was mostly absent except for weekend visits dad i groaned while looking outside when are we heading out I was eager to begin trick-or-treating and stuffing my mouth full of sweets and chocolate. I could hear my sister in the other room laughing while the rustle of fabric mixed in with it. My dad was busy helping her get her witch costume ready. She had chosen to be a witch when she had seen Hocus Pocus for the first time and had been a witch every Halloween since. She was only a year younger than me and always seemed to need my dad's help with something. Just a second, son, he called out. I'll be out in a second. Just wait for a bit. I'm readjusting your sister's hat. My dad, on the other hand, this year had decided to be a creepy clown, complete with mask and fake bloody knife. 
We're all dressed, hurry up, I grumbled, and I continued looking outside. I noticed the lights of candles burning on the coffee table, reflecting on the inside of the window. The house was dark except for their light, and if I was all alone, it would have been creep it would have been creepy in atmosphere. I looked around the room, the walls were covered in pumpkin cutouts and bats, the coffee table a bowl of candy corn, and a few plastic skulls and spiders, as well as three pumpkin scented candles, whose light blended in with the wood and the walls, making the whole room feel like I was in a horror movie. I tried not to let the chill creeping up my spine bother me, and I held my plastic pumpkin pail next to me. I had chosen to be a vampire that year, complete with cape, white face paint, and plastic teeth, with red paint to function as fake blood. I sat waiting when I heard my sister's voice suddenly stop. At first, I had not noticed it, but suddenly the house was as silent as the grave. It made me really uneasy, but at the time, I figured my dad and sister were on the way to the living room. I looked out the window again at the lawn, the orange and purple fairy lights shining into the darkness, bouncing off the pumpkins, gravestones, fake skeletons, and animatronics. My dad had turned on the fog machine about 30 minutes earlier, and it was busy pumping out a slow-moving, thick white fog, and slowly slithered its way across the yard before fading like smoke into the street of the neighborhood. My dad's animatronics stood like demented soldiers, arching over in contorted positions. There were at least 10 of them, ranging from Jack Skellington to a giant green reaper with glowing green eyes. There were all the famous big horror movie characters like Jason, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course, Michael Myers. Then typically, oh, they typically wouldn't move unless you tripped off the sensor. And then they'd let out a poorly recorded catchphrase, creak and move, and all while playing their respective movie's iconic music screeching in the background. I watched as three kids dressed up as a ghost, a werewolf, and Spider-Man came walking down the street. They walked in front of our yard and predictably, and predictably right in front of an animatronic figure, and predictably right in front of an animatronic figure in black holding a plastic knife. I watched as the animatronic lurched towards the kids and shouted, I'll kill you. The kids screamed and ran, running to the other side of the street, running all the way out of sight. Those decorations were scary, all right. I looked back inside and yelled, Dad, come on. Other kids are already outside. We need to go. The house was still silent, and I got up out of annoyance. How long could adjusting a hat take? Stomping out of the dimly lit living room, I walked into the hallway leading to my sister's room. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I heard the doorbell ring. I turned and scampered down the hall to the front door, grabbing a fistful of candy that was inside the small bowl Dad had on the floor near the door, for such a purpose. I opened the door and to my surprise, no one was there. The front lawn was silent and the fog kept slowly drifting along. I walked out into the small concrete porch and looked around for a second. No one was there. I walked forward and down the steps to the side of the house to see if anyone had run off. Again, no one was there. Maybe it had just been some teenagers ding dong ditching. I shrugged my shoulders and started heading back to the front door. I got to the door and then froze. My eyes glazed over the lawn. Something had caught my eye. The yard. It was off. I looked at it for a second. Something was off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I stared at it for a little while before heading back inside. 
Inside, the house was no longer silent. I heard footsteps walking down into the living room. I smiled and walked up to the hallway where my dad strode in with his clown mask on. Dad, are we finally ready to go? I asked, looking up at him. He stood there silently and nodded his head. Great. Hey, where's Audrey? Audrey was the name of my sister. She was mysteriously absent. My dad pointed behind him. Okay, I said. Well, let's go and get her. No. Okay, I said. <laughs> well, let's get her and go. <laughs> you can't just roll with it. It's the same thing, just <laughs> Yeah, backwards. but like, go and get her. It's get her and go. Okay. <laughs> um, now, now, I know what you're thinking. You must be an idiot to not be suspicious of that situation. Mm -hmm. But you guys don't get it. You just don't expect these sort of things. Halloween is supposed to be fake scary, not real scary. That's what makes it fun. And that's what used to make it fun. I walked past my dad casually and into my sister's room. That's when the Halloween changed for me forever. I opened the door and the room was empty, or it had appeared to be so. It was pitch black and only the dim light of the living room streamed in. I could hardly make out an object in the place. I tried the light switch on the door, but I couldn't find the switch. I only felt what I could only assume was a leather jacket that had been hung there on the wall. It was rough, but soft. No light switch. My eyes glazed around the dark room. On the floor, I noticed there was a poster board with black markings on the surface. I couldn't read what was on it. I looked around the room, but I couldn't see anything. The room was empty, so I turned around and walked to the living room. I held the poster board in my hands, trying to make out the words as the light from the candles got closer and closer. Surely but slowly, the words became legible. When I finally read what was on the poster, my heart leapt into my throat. Be silent or I'll fucking kill her. I looked up from the page, trembling. <clears throat> the living room was empty. I slowly turned my head to look around the room, the candle lights flickering every few seconds, making the room a tad bit darker before lightening up just a little bit more. I whimpered and looked back at the hallway where I had just come in from. The house was silent. I waited for what felt like an eternity. My heart was beating so fast, it was all I could hear in that quiet, quiet house. I slowly and shakily began to walk towards the front of the house. What was going on? Why had Dad left a note like that? I crept slowly towards the window, which was completely open except for the curtains lazily parted on its sides. I noticed the yard again. I glazed out from afar, and I got the same uneasy feeling as before. Suddenly, it became obvious what was wrong with it. The animatronics weren't in the right place. They were off. I turned back and choked out, Dad, where are you? I heard a shot ring out from the hallway and I jumped violently. I cried out and that's, and then I walked into the hallway to see what had happened. The hallway was empty, but the door to my sister's room was still open, the blackness of the room like a gaping maw. I walked into the room and saw some shape in the darkness. I was too frightened to walk to find out what it was. I rushed back to the living room and yanked the front door. It wouldn't budge. I looked through the peephole and saw my dad outside grasping the handle and leaning back to keep it from opening. I yanked and yanked at the door to no avail. Let me out, dad, I cried out, tears streaming down my face. I out of nowhere heard a knock on the window. One of the so-called animatronics was at the window, staring in with its face against the glass. It was Michael Myers. I ran and screamed, grabbing a candle, rushing back into the hallway, right into my sister's room. 
I slammed the door behind me and the candle nearly went out. I locked the door and then turned around. What I saw made my breathing completely stop. My sister was on the ground, sprawled out like a doll, her eyes open and a horrific blast wound covering what used to be the left half of her skull. Brain matter, bone, and fresh blood covered the carpet. Her witch hat was on the floor beside her, and her, hun- her pumpkin pail was tossed to the side of the room. I suddenly found my voice and bre- breath again and began to cry uncontrollably. My heaving chest letting out pathetic moans of shock and agony. I watched in utter horror as the closet doors of my sister's room opened and two men got out, one holding a gun that had killed her. One was wearing a Grim Reaper mask, and the other was wearing one of those cheap gorilla masks you find at Walmart. Say one word, and you die, the gorilla man said. He got up close to me and put the gun to my chest, turn around, unlock the door, and go into the living room. I did as he demanded, clutching and clutching the burning candle. It was one of those candles with three wicks, and the melted wax sloshed the side of the glass container, now hot to the touch. I walked down the hallway, my mind racing, waiting for me, standing in the room were my dad and the person wearing the Michael Myers mask. Go to your parent, the gorilla man said. I walked, my sobs squeezing out the words, why? I stopped in front of him and looked up at his scary red-nosed clown mask. Why would you do this, dad? I wept out and my breath shaky and my chest jerking three or four times with each inhale. My dad just stared at me from behind the clown mask, the hood of his jacket covering any visible part of his face, not covered by the mask. He didn't utter a word. Why? I belted out, throwing the candle right at him. The candle fell to the floor and spilled hot wax all over my father who jumped out of the way. The rug it landed on suddenly caught fire and two men behind me and the Michael Myers guy backed away from the flames. I backed away too and the gorilla man lifted his gun at me. Now you've done it, you little piece of shit, he yelled, and I ducked down to the floor behind the now spreading flames. I heard three or four shots ring out towards me, and I heard the bullets whiz by. How they missed me, I'll never know. The flames grew inside in size rapidly, and the room filled with smoke almost instantly. I heard coughing in the gorilla mask. The gorilla man covered his gorilla face with his hand and stopped shooting the gun. The four men began... (sighs) They began. (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk now. The four men began coughing and reaching for their faces while I crawled towards the front door. The room rapidly began to haze over as the smoke from the fire started blocking the remaining candlelight, as well as the light of the now large fire. I got up. My face and nose were burning from the harsh smoke, and I opened the front door. Cold, fresh air whooshed into the living room, and I heard a voice yell, He's getting away. Getting past the remaining haze of the front door, I rushed out onto the porch and heard gunshots being fired behind me in my direction. I rushed down the stairs and looked back at the living room one last time. The glow of the flames, I saw the face of my father's mask, desperately grasping at the straps that held it to his face. The person I thought was my dad ripped off their mask to reveal a face I had never expected in my wildest dreams, my mother. Her red hair falling out of the hood of the, co- of the coat, coughing and wheezing as she tried to gain some understanding of her surroundings. The gorilla man was not far from her. He dropped his gun and began to take his mask off too. 
I turned back and screamed and began running as fast as I could. I heard the fire alarms in the house begin to go off at full volume. As I ran off into the street and down the block, I heard some voices shouting and the distinct sound of my back door opening and slamming shut. I ran faster and screamed until my voice was raw and my lungs could take no more. I don't remember what happened after that. I only know what my neighbors three blocks down from my house told me. Apparently, I had come screaming down the block and beat on their door and then fainted right there on their porch. They had opened the door and seeing me and my house on fire, they had called the police. The police had come and so had the fire department. Apparently, that fire was the first four-alarm fire the town had experienced in nearly 25 years. The whole neighborhood had come to see the house burst into flames. It apparently took nearly three hours to put it out, but it had been such an intense fire, it had all but burned the place to the ground. They also had, as my neighbors told me, made the grisly discovery of the charred remains of my sister and father, both in my sister's room. I don't know how I missed him. According to the police, he had been in the room with her, next to the door, trying to block the flames from entering the room. What absolute bull. The last thing I remember, I was pulled into an interrogation room with two cops, and they asked me a bunch of questions about what happened. I told them all about the strange men and my mother and my sister being dead, but they wouldn't listen. They kept telling me that it was an electrical fire caused by all the electronics my father had set up in the yard. I kept trying to tell them what I saw, but they refused to listen to me. Eventually, the state troopers stepped into the room, and I was taken away by a social worker. They would eventually go on to make me a ward of the state. I was moved to Washington State and put into an orphanage. That The events of that night have haunted me for more than 19 years. I still have nightmares. Why did my mom do such a thing? I can only reason the divorce and losing custody of us had driven her to do this. If she couldn't have us, no one could. But how did she get those men to help her? I am bothered by the fact that one of the officers in the interrogation room was mysteriously missing his gun. Thank God the state troopers came in when they did. But maybe I'm wrong. There are so many un- unanswered questions. As for Halloween, I don't have anything to do with it anymore. The fear of dying was real for me that day. I don't care how much fun you think you're having. These things happen when you least expect them. Always double check the things around you, especially on Halloween. It's a time when you least expect it. What disturbs me the most are the little realizations I've had as I've gotten older. As I've gotten older, I've realized something about my sister's room that night when I entered it, something that shakes me to my very core. That was not a jacket on the wall next to the door. Hmm. And then someone in the comments said, holy shit, amazing story, but I'm still confused as to what was hanging. And they replied, it was my father's face. I don't get it. <laughs> At the beginning, was there something? What? Remember when he when he walked into the, into the room, feeling for the light switch. Mm-hmm. His father was like against. Well, it says. It says, "Wait, do you mean?" Someone asked, "Wait, do you mean he was killed, or that he was in on it?" And he said oh. he was killed. His body, it seems, was leaning up against the. W- door i just didn't see it in the darkness so like when he was like feeling around he had he was feeling like his uh 
his face mask. But he thought that it was like a jacket or something. And then he just saw his sister on the floor. So that's why he said that. How could I not have seen my dad? Yeah. But he did. So his dad was in there in that room already dead too. Damn. Yeah. That's freaking horrible. Just thinking about that. That would for sure have ruined Halloween for me. If my father and my sister had died yeah on halloween night and then how nobody believes that his mom did it like, yeah the police were just like no this is what happened that sucks <laughs> that's scary but anyways he mo- he was moved to washington state i know i went i was like hey it's crazy so bro let's link up and make a podcast episode together <laughs> you're stupid all right let's celebrate halloween i'm just kidding okay that was insensitive <laughs> don't put that in there yeah don't put that in. <laughs> okay your turn all right so this one's called um the street light outside of my window keeps turning off. And this is by Blair Daniels, posted three years ago. Yeah, get your mouth nice and <clears throat> wet. Ew. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Some kids have teddy bears. Others have blankets, dolls, or stuffed animals they fall asleep with. I had something a bit different, a light. A window faced a hill, and on that hill was a lone street lamp shining down on the road beneath it. Now I knew it was just some normal boring old road, but in the minutes between sleep and wake, where my mind grew fuzzy and dreams started to thread into my consciousness, I imagined it as something more. The street lamp in Narnia, against falling snow, the lights of a mermaid colony shimmering through ocean depths, the glow of a fairy sitting on a rose petal in a deep forest. But one night, the light was off. Mom, Dad, I yelled down the hall, stomping my little feet across the carpet. The light is gone. What? Your nightlight? Dad asked, setting his book on the couch. Mom was slumped on the other side, snoring lightly. Not that light, the light on the hill. He followed me back into my bedroom where I pointed wildly out the window. Through the sheer curtains, there was pitch black beyond. Why is it gone, Dad? I don't know why, Caroline, he said, scooping me back into bed. Maybe the light bulb is out. Remember a week ago when Mommy changed the light bulb in the kitchen? Sometimes that happens to lights, and they need to be fixed, I nodded. After another bedtime story, I drifted drifted off into sleep, and when I awoke a few hours later, in the middle of the night, the light was back on. I smiled, snuggled against my pillow, and closed my eyes. But the next night, the light was out again, and the next, and the next. I grew crankier, and my sleep got worse. My parents, for the most part, ignored it. But then something wonderful happened. On Tuesday night, Mom had to go to the cell phone store over the hill. Mom, let me come, I begged, clawing at her shirt, please. It's almost your bedtime, Mom said, shooting a look at Dad. He shrugged. Okay, you can come. But after that, you go right to bed, okay? I nodded. And soon, we were driving up the familiar road towards the street lamp. I wanted to see what was wrong with it. Was the light bulb busted or some wires frayed? Then, I thought in my little kid brain, I could tell Mom how to fix it. As we rounded the bend, though, I was in for a surprise. The street lamp was on, shining shining brightly like a beacon. Its light glistened over the wet road. It's on, it's on, I cried so loudly that the windows rattled. See, Mom? Yes, honey, she said distractedly. And it was still on when we made our way back. I was so excited, I was jumping up and down in my seat. Narnia, mermaids, and fairies all came rushing back into my head. When we got home, I ran down the hall, jumped into bed, and turned to the window. No. It was out. I shot out of bed. How? I thought. 
We had just saw it five minutes ago. It was on, shining bright. I ran over to the window. I grabbed a fistful of curtain and yanked it back. Where is it, I thought, glancing around wildly. It has to be here. My eyes adjusted to the darkness. Shadows faded into view. Gray against black, bulky against large. Not the shape of the road and trees. I pulled the curtain further, curious now, and I leapt back. Two hands cupped against the window, attached to the hulking shadow of a man. I screamed. No, there was nothing wrong with the street lamp, nothing at all. He was just blocking its light. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a little short one I decided to start I like, with. I like stories like that. Yeah, it's kind of like, like a little... You just don't expect it, but it's creepy because like... Yeah. Fucking creepy guy just at your window. Yeah, so like whenever she was saying, oh, the light was off the next day and the next day, it was just some guy like staring at her in the nighttime. And the parents just didn't give a shit. Scary. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little short. Short and like sweet. That one. All right. So this one, next one, was posted by Syn Synergy X underscore X. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's called My Reflection Stopped Mirroring My Actions This Morning. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So here goes. <laughs> Today started out like any other Wednesday or any other weekday, really. I have a morning routine that I rarely deviate from hell i have a life i rarely deviate from go to work come home watch netflix or the like with a rum and coke or two or three go to sleep wake up and do it all again Mm. after i'd snoozed my alarm as late as i could i finally flopped out of bed and wiped the sleep out of my eyes i stumbled into the bathroom and started up the shower as i went pee I let the water heat up before climbing in, allowing myself as long as possible in the hot water. I reluctantly turned the water off, stepped out onto the floor, and dried off. I then walked over to the sink to brush my teeth. That's when I first noticed it. My reflection was slower than me, not by much. I raised my arm, toothbrush in hand, and my reflection did the same, but half a beat off. Much like watching yourself in one of those surveillance videos in a convenience store. Confused, I waved my hand in front of the mirror, and again, my reflection followed, but just a tad bit slower. I thought it was just my eyes, still sleepy, I told myself. I rubbed them hard and considered testing the mirror again, but decided against it. Something fell off, enough to make my spine tingle a little, and I was just a little too creeped out to look at my reflection again. I walked away from the mirror and out of the bathroom. I got dressed and made myself some coffee but skipped my regular toast. I just wasn't feeling hungry this morning. I couldn't stop thinking about the experience with the mirror. But as I grabbed my coffee and bag and headed to the door, I started to feel a little calmer. You're just being stupid, I thought. Clearly it was just your mind playing tricks on you. Once I was at the office, I'd almost forgotten about the whole thing. I'm a software engineer at a major tech company, and to be honest, I don't love my work like I used to. My best friend, Cassie, thinks it's just because I'm depressed, but I think it's because I'm not challenged anymore. Cassie, thinking of her hurts. I don't think it's right for me to call her my best friend anymore. Not that we had a falling out or anything. We're still friends. Things just aren't the same. She tried to get me help for my depression and drinking problem, neither of which I have, and when I refused, she sort of backed away. We still see each other occasionally, but it's not the same. I don't think it will ever be. 
Anyway, today was one of those rare days where my work was actually engaging. I only broke away to refill my coffee cup. Eventually, my bladder let me know it was time to step away for something other than caffeine. I'd completely forgotten about the events of this morning until I pushed open the door of the bathroom. A pit in my stomach developed, but I reassured myself quickly that it was simply sleepiness this morning and I had nothing to worry about. Regardless, in spite of myself, I avoided the mirror and darted into a stall. I couldn't shake the fear as I walked up to the sink. Quit being such a fucking idiot, I thought, as I turned on the faucet. You fucking pussy, bro. <laughs> fucking idiot. You were just tired this morning. Still, I kept my eyes down as I washed my hands. But as I watched the suds form, I suddenly became aware of the feeling that I was being watched. I was alone in the bathroom. I knew I was. But it wasn't just that. I felt I was being watched. But from where? From in front of me. I wonder if you guys... They can't hear it, can they? No, the microphones are too sensitive. It's pouring outside right now. Um, Such a vibe in here. Such a vibe, dude. Such a vibe. If you're you're watching this when it's raining... Such a vibe. Such a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Despite every cell in my body screaming at me not to, I looked up. My reflection stared at me, as it should, but it was like it had already been looking up. I didn't see its head move up as mine did. A chill went down my spine. I moved my head side to side, keeping my eyes forward. My reflection's head did not move. Shaking, I moved my arm up. Its arm did not move up. Nope. Nope, I was noping the fuck out of that bathroom, (laughs) but couldn't help myself from taking a peek back. My reflection was still there, now peering around the edge of the mirror, its eyes still on me. The recent coffee I drank was coming right back up, and I barely made it to the break room trash can. What the hell was that? Was I losing my mind? There was no way I could stay at work for the rest of the day. I told my boss I was sick and I needed to go home for the day. The vomit in the break room corroborated my story. Once I got back home, I could try and figure out what the fuck was happening. I love how many times it says fucking here. I know. Jesus Christ, man. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> this is an explicit podcast. Demonetized. Sick. Um, I gathered my things and hurried out of the building. My bus stop was only two blocks away, but it felt like miles. I tried to avoid looking at all the reflective surfaces I was passing, but it was like my eyes had a mind of their own. I peered from the corner of them once and only once. My reflection was walking along with me but its whole head was facing me so unnaturally like its neck had been snapped. My eyes quickly darted away, and my pace quickened up. I felt like all the air had been zapped out of my lungs, and I felt lightheaded from the sheer panic. Something was seriously wrong. Finally made it to the stop, and shortly after that, my bus pulled up. I bolted in and found a seat alone. I thought about calling someone, but what would I say? Who would believe me? I didn't feel like I'd lost my mind, but do crazy people know they're crazy? Maybe I should go to a hospital. Maybe I had a tumor. I absentmindedly looked out the window, thinking about everything I'd experienced that day. My mouth instantly went dry, and my breath caught in my throat. My reflection was staring back at me, but this time, it was smirking at me, like an evil grin. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't look away. Tears welled up in my eyes and my reflection smiled even wider. With that, I stood up and ran to the door, getting off at the next stop. Luckily, it was only one 
away from mine, but I didn't care how far it was. I had to get away from that thing, whatever the hell it was. As I got closer to home, a sickening realization hit me. I have mirrors in my apartment and windows. I needed to think. If it was real and not some hallucination, whatever that thing was had total access to me in my home. Before I had any time to plan how to handle this, however, I'd reached my apartment complex. Slowly, I made my way to my apartment and realized how badly I was shaking as I attempted to put the key in the lock. I heard the click of the deadbolt and slammed the door open, jumped inside and threw the door shut with my whole body. With my back against the door and my eyes shut tight, I tried to regulate my breathing. Would it be crazy to go check the mirror again to see if this had all just been in my head? No, I couldn't muster up the courage to do that. Maybe I should call someone. Cassie? But what would she say? How could I even explain this? She'd think I was drunk, that I'd gotten worse. As I was tossing all this around my mind, I heard a noise coming from my bathroom. It was a voice. Jamie. I swear my heart stopped beating, and when it began again, it was going a thousand miles per minute. Jamie. I I shouldn't have done it. But something pulled me in like a car crash you tell yourself you're not going to look at, but crane your neck to peek at it anyway. With much trepidation, I crept to the bathroom, grabbed the door handle, and pushed the door slightly ajar. My reflection was staring at me with a wide grin, and its hand its hand was outside the mirror. <laughs> I shrieked in horror and slammed the door. I ran to my closet, grabbed the baseball bat I kept for intruders, ran back to the bathroom, and before I could even see what was happening, I smashed the ever-living shit out of the bathroom mirror. I sprinted to the bedroom and did the same thing to the one in there. I then tightly closed all the blinds so I couldn't see my reflection in anything. That's when I decided it was time to call Cassie. If I had lost my mind, I wanted it to be fixed. If I was in danger, I needed help. I found my phone and curled up in bed to call her. After dialing her number, I grew nervous she wouldn't answer. It had been a while since I'd called. Hello? Cassie, oh my god, Cassie, please, I need your help. Something seriously fucked up is going on and I don't know. Hello? Cassie, can you hear me? It's Jamie. Jamie, I think you're in a bad reception area. Try call. The call ended. I looked down at my phone. The screen was black. I saw my reflection in my phone screen laughing at me. I tried to get the phone to light back up, but it wouldn't. Just that face, laughing, then staring, then calling my name. I grabbed the bat and smashed my phone. I laid in my bed, debating what to do for a little while. That debating might have included some liquor. If I went to the cops, they'd laugh at me of the situation. After some thought, I decided I'd take the train to Cassie's place. I know I'd be showing up unannounced, which used to be okay, but felt weird now. But she'd understand once I explained, once I showed her. Then I heard a knock. Relief washed over me. Cassie must have heard the panic in my voice and come over to check on me. I rushed to the front door and started undoing the locks when the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Pausing, I put my eye to the peephole and audibly gasped. It wasn't Cassie. It was me. Or it looked exactly like me. That thing knew I was watching it. A big smile too big and waved at me through the other side of the door i didn't know what to do anymore i didn't own any weapons beyond the baseball bat and something told me it was no match for that thing inside my apartment i made sure the door was locked tightly and slowly backed away 
Don't leave, Jamie, it whispered. Not yet. I had finally lost it. What the fuck do you want from me? I screamed at it, begging myself to wake up from this nightmare. Everything. So now I locked myself in my closet with my laptop and my bat. In the, the time that it's taken me to type this up, the knocking has moved from my front door to my bedroom door, to my closet door. I imagine I don't have long now, but I'll update if I manage to escape or to beat this fucker. Keep an eye on your reflection. You never know what it's doing when you're not looking. <laughs> update. Everything is okay now. No need to worry about me. I can't wait to go to work in the morning. But first, I think I'm going to go pay Cassie a visit. Smiley face. His reflection killed him. It got him. And it's, it's, it's dun, him dun, now. dun. It's excited <laughs> to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. A little creepy little story. Yeah, I like that one. All right. All right. I gave myself chills when I was like, James. <laughs> I was like, ooh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this one's a bit longer, so strap yourselves in. We love long stories. Grab a little snack. Grab a little snack. Grab this a little This one's a pretty recent. The last one I read was three years ago. This one I posted two days ago. Okay. Um, from username The Buffed. B U F F E D. The Buffed. Yeah. Uh, it says, my girlfriend would answer one question every night in her sleep. Okay. <clears throat> I met this girl that I thought was perfect for me. Our relationship moved really quickly, and I started sleeping at her place after about two weeks of seeing each other. The first night that we stayed together, she scared me pretty badly. It's one of those things that you just can't shake off easily. I was laying in bed next to her reading on my phone when she rolls over and looks at me dead in the eye. She didn't say anything. She just looked at me. Hi, I said to her. Ask me a question, she responded. I chuckled when she asked me that, thinking it was just a cute exchange, but she reached out and squeezed my arm. I winced. Hey, that hurts. She didn't let go. Okay, okay. Do you like sleeping together? I asked. Yes, she said, rolling back over to go to sleep. It was such a surreal experience and so random. Obviously, I brought it up the following day with her, but she swore she didn't remember. I even showed her a small bruise on my arm from where, I had ha where she had grabbed me. She still didn't remember, and we kind of laughed it off, although I could tell a bruise really had bothered her. The next night, the same thing happened, I thought. She was asleep. I thought she was asleep, and then suddenly she rolled over and started to look at me in my eyes again, asking me a question. She said, Do I have to? I asked. Yes. She rolled back over. <laughs> Apparently, her logic worked <laughs> the same way as in elementary school I was going to say, teachers. that's a question. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you just messing with me? One question per night, she said. It sounds benign, but her tone had a sense of finality to it. I was afraid to attempt another question. The next night or so, or the next week or so passed without any terrible incidents. Every night she would roll over and prop me for a question. And each night I would offer some innocent inquiry just to satisfy her. I would ask if she enjoyed the restaurant or if she was tired, small things like that. Strange as it was, I was happy and didn't see the reason that this strange sleep-talking gimmick should upset me too much. My sleep was taking a pretty big hit, however, and each night I felt like I was slipping further down into a permanent lack of energy, as if my battery was losing capacity. There was one night in particular where I felt extremely tired, and I fell asleep before her. I woke up sometime in the night with her hand gripping my arm, 
asking me for another question. Not tonight, I said. Go back to sleep. You have to ask me a question, she said. Frustrated, I tried to shut her up with an absurd question. Fine, when will I die? After me. She rolled over away as I sat up. The way she said it, the way she said those words, my body immediately broke into a cold sweat and my stomach turned over. What did you say? I asked angrily. One question. No, not tonight. I grabbed her. I didn't want to hurt her. I was just frustrated and I admittedly pretty scared. I started to shake her. Not tonight. You need to tell me what's going on. What are you? Why are you doing this to me? I was yelling loudly at this point. She didn't respond until suddenly she turned and pushed me. My mind almost expected some kind of supernatural strength, but ultimately it was just my balance that got me. With my knees tucked over me and sitting on the edge of the bed, I was. there was no way to stop my fall. I tumbled backwards, getting shrimped between the bed and the wall. I stood up, yelling even more, but she had already turned back over in bed. I finally started grabbing a few pieces of clothing and went out the door. I had been staying with her for a while and had only been back to my apartment during the day occasionally. I finished the night of sleep there, shaking with anger. She called me in the morning, asking where I had gone. I tried to explain to her what had happened, and I think it scared her more than it did me. I pushed you out of the bed? She asked. Yeah, right into the wall. This has to stop. I really don't know what it is, but it has to stop. I'm happy with you, but I don't know. I feel like I'm getting chipped away at, even when the nights are peaceful. I'm scared, she said. We decided to sleep apart for the night. I think she wanted us to at least see each other so I could comfort her, but I was mostly thinking of myself. I was extremely relieved to be apart and hadn't realized the full extent of the stress I had been under. I even went to bed earlier than usual and settled in for what I had hoped would be a questionless night. I woke up. The clock said 3.22 a.m. I wasn't sure why I had woke up. I didn't hear anything. All the lights were off. I even flicked on the lamp but didn't notice anything. I wasn't sure anything had happened at all. I was still mostly asleep, but suddenly felt a little guilty over the whole situation. Maybe I had overreacted, and I worried about how upset I had made her. I grabbed my phone to send her a text. She had already sent one. Asked me a question. It said, Shit. Time stamped at 3.21 a.m. The text had woken me up. I turned off my phone, as if it would make any difference. I was in cold sweat again, fully awake. I barely had time to process what I had just seen before my phone started ringing again. It was her. No chance I was going to answer the phone. All of it started to feel like a sick joke, and I quickly lost my earlier feeling of guilt. I shut down my phone completely and struggled to go back to sleep. I felt like all I needed was one day, one night of rest. 3.52 a.m. A knock on my door woke me up, and I almost pissed myself. I knew it was her and my fear grew without limits as I walked into the front door and looked out. There she was, beautiful but ghostly, somewhere she shouldn't be, standing in the hallway patiently. I held my head against the door, trying to decide what to do. I didn't open the door, but decided to try my luck. How can I make this stop? I asked as loudly as I could. You can't, she said. I looked back out the peephole, and she was gone. I whipped open the door and stepped into the hallway, she was walking towards the elevator, seemingly unaware of that I was even behind her. I almost asked her to stay, worried about her traveling this in this weird state, but selfishly, I let her go. I even had the horrible thought that if something did happen to her, at least that would solve things for me. Damn. The next day, she asked how the night had gone. 
I lied, telling her that everything had been fine. In her own words the night before, I couldn't stop it, but I could at least try to control it or understand it. The next few weeks, I barely slept. I tried so many different questions, and none of the answers were exactly comforting. Why can't I stop it? She said it was inevitable. Have you done this to anyone else? She said no. Do you want to hurt me? She said no. Can you lie? She said no again. I may have wasted a question there. What did I expect her to say? I tried as many things as I could think of, but no questions about the process seemed to gain me any ground. Each night I lost another little piece, a little piece of myself, and I think there were some weeks I didn't really sleep at all, getting maybe five hours total across the whole span. Exhausted one night, after weeks of trying, I tried something different, something more specific. What is the number of days exactly when we will be that we will be in a romantic relationship after today? 112, she said. The next night, another question. What is the reason our romantic relationship ends? I die, she said. Each night, I dug deeper. What will your cause of death be? Starvation. What will my cause of death be? Electrocution. What, when will you die? Or where will you die? Nearby. Can I keep you from dying? Yes. So the future can be changed? Yes. How can I stop you from dying? Don't kill me. Her words sent me into a lasting panic. I understood what she was telling me, but for all my exhaustion and despair, I kept trying. I searched for more and more clarification, but her answers had always had a way of remaining just too vague. Six more times I tried to sleep in another place, even once staying in a hotel without telling her which one it would be. She showed up out of thin air in the middle of the night, knocking on my door. I called a few people looking for solutions. I called doctors and even psychics, but my heart wasn't truly in search. My mind had fallen had fallen on an idea a while back, and although it filled me with shame, I couldn't get it out of my mind. She tried to help, but there was nothing she could do. Our relationship was slowly falling apart during the day, and it was difficult to, for her to understand the true gravity of the situation. I also refused to share any of the details with her because I knew it would scare her even more. I tried to continue my investigation, but over time I was just looping back around the same questions, having forgotten many of their responses. I should have written them down, but each night, the sleep deprivation piled up and kept me from thinking clearly. At some point, I finally tipped the scales towards insanity, and I'm ashamed of what I did next. A sense of clarity came over me once I accepted it, and I hate myself, but I was almost excited to ask her my next question. Where could I hide your body so that no one finds it? The hatch near your old campsite. I knew exactly what she had mentioned. There was a small area in the woods near my parents' old house with just enough flat ground for a tent. You would never find it if you didn't know it was there, but a five-minute walk or a five minute walk from the campsite brought you to a hatch with its doors usually covered in dirt and grass. It opened into a small cellar. The next day, I surprised my girlfriend with a camping trip. Our relationship had really reached its last leg, and I tried explaining it, that it would be nice to take a break and get away for a while. We enjoyed our day together, and honestly, I forgot temporarily about the horrible things left to do. She deserved so much better. Night came, and we sat in front of the fire, her head resting on my shoulder as if she fought off sleep. She couldn't see me, but I was crying, hoping that she would fall asleep so I could stay, hoping that she wouldn't fall asleep so I could stay in the moment. I'm sorry, she said, almost asleep. It's okay. We're going to figure it out. I sat there for a little while longer, hoping that I could change my mind. I love you, I whispered. 
Too late. She was asleep. I picked her up out of her chair and she carried her off into the woods. I finally found the old hatch and laid her down on the ground near it. It took a while to finally pry it open, pushing away tears of dirt or years of dirt and leaves and my arms and feet. I had a new padlock in my hand that I had brought with us. I lifted her again and walked down and walked her down into the cellar, placing her down again in the center of the room. I sat down against the far wall of the cellar and somehow drifted off into sleep. I woke up to her standing in front of me. In the moment, I finally started to think of that person in front of me as someone completely different than the woman I had met. Will she know that I loved her? I asked. Yes, she said, before she would turn back and head to the campsite. I ran up the stairs and shut the hatch doors behind me, securing them with a padlock. But I stood there for a long time, knowing that my girlfriend was just on the other side. Could I really leave her here? The past few months all came back to me, all at once. I stood there feeling every ounce of frustration and exhaustion that had plagued me throughout the relationship. When I weighed that against how it felt each time I heard her voice, even in times of anger, her voice was my favorite. I knew people that spent most of their relationships not even speaking to each other. Could what was happening to us be so bad I would consider harming her? I think I had, I even had dreams of carrying all this out, leaving her in there dealing with all the guilt as I tried to forget everything that had happened. It almost felt as if it really had, if I really had done it. And by this time, she hadn't been inside for only a few seconds, but instead days. As quickly as I shut the doors of the hatch, I threw them open again. My girlfriend walked past me, back towards the campsite. Ashamed and exhausted, I collapsed. I wasn't sure I could face her when she woke up. Going through the motions woke me up even more than anything and I realized how selfish I had been about the whole experience. Who knew the implications of what we were experiencing, the possibilities? I went back to the campsite soon after to find her awake and concerned where, and concerned with where I was. I took a couple hours, and it involved a lot of almost incoherent apologies, but I told her everything. I let it all out completely, even what I had planned, even what I had planned when we went camping. I didn't know how she would react. I didn't think she did either. Ultimately, she said she wants to help, try and understand what is happening and what we can do to keep it from causing any more harm. We both know it will take a long time, but I love her and I plan to give it everything I have. That was four nights ago. She still asks for questions, but something has changed. I don't feel like I'm dealing with this by myself anymore and I have a lot of hope. Things are not perfect, but I sleep, slept really well last night. I will update everyone on where we go from here. That's all. But there was an alternative ending, which I thought was better. Oh, shit. Better or worse? Will she know that I loved her, I asked? Yes. Before she could turn and head back to the campsite, I ran up the stairs and shut the hatch doors behind me, securing them with a padlock. The next hour passed in a blur. I packed all the camping gear and did my best to conceal the evidence for a campground. I drove back to my apartment. That was two nights ago. I still don't really know what I'm going to do. The woman I truly love is locked underground, along with whatever she becomes at night, and the only... And only I know where she is. I don't think I can leave her down there. But I did sleep really well last night. That one's better. Because the other one's like cute. What? <laughs> oh, I like the other one because it was like, oh, there's hope. The other ending? And it was like, I don't know. It's real cute and sad. Okay. All right, guys, we're back. We we're change, back. We had to change the battery real quick and I had to put my air up. They don't, they don't really care at all. Because okay. they, they see no difference. Um, 
My hair's up. No. Oh, yeah, your hair, I guess. <laughs> you're always in the mood, babe. In the mood, babe. Okay. Wait, do it again. So you're always in the mood, babe. In the mood, babe. How was that? Good? I think I did a good <laughs> job. Okay, I don't know what that was. But, um, <laughs> Are we leaving that in there? Yeah. That's lip syncing 101. That's right. I know. Okay. I'm a pro. All right, your last story, bro. Better bring it. Last story. Okay, we're not doing it like the last one is the best. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. All right. So this one was posted by Miss Crickets. Crickets spelled with a okay. three instead of an E. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, it's called, I got a strange letter at work. Now I can't sleep. Ooh. If anyone reads this, I need help. I'm not sure what is going on, but I am so scared. I started a week <laughs> ago. Okay. <laughs> continue. Continue. Okay. I started a week ago at work. I work at a newspaper. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Um, my job is to handle and process the obituaries and death notices. I know it sounds morbid, but I love my job. I get to speak with grieving loved ones and offer them comfort during their time of mourning. Last week, I got a submission that was different. Mm-hmm. That is where the trouble started. It was mailed in, which is a little out of the norm, but not totally weird. My job covers a small rural area. Plenty of people I deal with have never had a computer or internet in their lives. The letter was on my desk when I arrived at work. The mailing address on the letter was typed with no return address. It said CO. What's that? Um. I don't know. I don't know what that is. He broke the (laughs) scarlet. (laughs) (laughs) it said sandy smith obituaries it was a small envelope with a stamp on the corner i had never seen before it was a single black flower like a dahlia when i opened the envelope the letter inside was typed too helen parkins 58 died horribly in xxx land on tuesday september 7 Mm -hmm. she was killed in an automobile accident after a drunk driver hit her car she died of blood loss when fire and rescue was not able to get her out of the car in time condolences can be called into xxx 5723 by the way the xxx is like yeah what's that it's just to like not put the real name of the place and the phone number you know um I frowned and read the letter twice. First, this was way too graphic for a death notice. We absolutely could not publish this in any way. (laughs) Let me read that again. (laughs) First, this was way too graphic for a death notice. We absolutely could not publish this the way it was written. Second, September 7 was today, so the date had to be wrong. I turned to my neighbor in the next cubicle, a reporter for the paper. Hey, Corey? I said, Corey turned from her computer and faced me. Yeah, what's up? She trailed off when she saw the look on my face. What's going on? She asked. I paused and thought for a moment. No, nothing. It's nothing. Just a submission from some idiot who thinks we can run graphic details of the death, apparently. Corey grimaced. Oh my god, she said. Are you serious? Yeah, I said, turning away and lifting my phone from the receiver. 
Don't worry, I'll just call them and work it out. I raised the phone to my ear and dialed the number. The phone rang twice, and a female voice answered. Hello? Hi, I said, putting on my customer service voice. This is Sandy from the Gazette. I have a death notice here for Helen Parkins, and I just needed to discuss a few things. But the voice on the other end cut me off before I could continue. Excuse me? Is this some sort of sick joke? The voice hissed. I am Helen Parkins. Oh, I said. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, did someone in your family with the same name pass away, perhaps? I have a death notice here with your phone number as the contact. Helen sounded angry. No, no one in my family has died. I did not submit anything to you, and I'll ask you not to run anything with my phone number. Thank you very much. She huffed. Okay, uh, I'm really sorry, I began. Helen cut me off again. Do not call back again. And then she hung up. I replaced the receiver and turned back toward Corey. Corey glanced over while still typing. Well, she asked, did you get it straightened out? No, I said, she, she said she was the person in the death notice. Corey stopped typing and faced me again. Excuse me? What? She said. Some kind of weird practical joke? I guess, I said. I turned back to my computer, put the strange letter in my filing cabinet, and closed the drawer. It was almost deadline, and I was too busy to worry about this. I gotta go back to work. But it lingered in the back of my mind, bothering me. Later that afternoon, the police scanner on Corey's desk crackled to life. XXX Land Fire and Rescue come in, a voice on the scanner reported. This is XXX Land Fire and Rescue, another voice responded. XXX Land Fire and Rescue, we have a vehicle crash on South Street in XXX Land. Possible drunk driver struck an, struck an oncoming traffic. Police are at the scene. Driver is stuck in the second vehicle. 58-year-old woman, the voice reported. I've heard people say their blood goes cold, and I know that's a cliche, but I don't know how else to describe that feeling that washed over me when I heard that. My skin prickled and a hollow feeling dropped into my stomach. Corey had grabbed her notebook and was jotting down the information. She snatched up her camera and car keys and then glanced at me. I felt faintly dizzy as I met Corey's eyes. Sandy, you okay? She asked as she tossed her notebook into her camera bag. Yeah, I said, go, go do your job. It's just a weird coincidence, I said to myself. It's just a super weird and very fucked up coincidence. I'll talk to you when you get back. Corey was gone for an hour and I tried to get back to work, but it was hard. I couldn't keep my mind on the tasks at hand. When Corey finally returned and plopped down into her chair, my stomach was rolling and my heart was in my throat. Jesus Christ, that was rough. That was really rough, Corey said. I could see tears fill in her eyes, but she managed to blink them away. I swallowed. What happened? I asked, but I knew before she answered. I knew. That woman, the one in that car, she came... The tears came back to her eyes, and she looked away while she continued speaking. She, um, she died. She died at the scene. Corey's voice broke, and she cleared her throat, but I interrupted her. They couldn't get her out of the car in time, I said. Corey must have heard something strange in my voice, and she looked back at me. Yeah, she said. They couldn't get her out in time, Sandy. What is it? Oh, no. They couldn't get her out in time. Sandy, what is it? I knew I must be white as a sheet. Corey, it's the weird death notice from this morning, I said. I opened the filing cabinet drawer and pulled out the letter, my hands trembling as I passed it to Corey. 
She took it and read through it. Her eyes grew big. Holy shit, she said. Holy fucking shit. She whispered the words viciously and then dropped the letter and hand started digging through her camera bag. The cops wouldn't give me the name. You know that whole thing about notifying the family first? But I was close enough to her. But I was close enough to hear her while before when she could still talk. Corey pulled her notebook out of the bag and started flipping the pages. I heard her give them her name. She passed the notebook to me. There on the bottom of the page was the name, Helen Parkins. Oh my god, I whispered. I handed the notebook back to Corey. Tears filled my eyes now. What do I do? I asked her desperately. I kept my voice low. Noises in, nor, noises carry in this office. I looked around, but nobody appeared to have noticed our little scene. Corey, what the fuck do I do? Corey shook her head. I don't know, she said. I have no idea. Maybe it's nothing. One of those weird coincidences? Let's just get back to work and forget about it. But of course, neither of us could. The rest of the work day crawled by. I went home at five, trying my best to pretend nothing had happened. That night, when I went to bed, I couldn't sleep. I haven't slept all week. Though I have tried to put the strange letter out of my mind. Then Friday, I arrived at work and found something that made me feel physically sick. There on my desk was another letter. Same envelope, same typing, same stamp. Addressed to Sandy Smith, obituaries. I'm posting this here because I don't know what else to do. Corey uses Reddit and said this sub might be able to help. I haven't opened the letter. I don't want to read it. And that's it. So that's her? Or who's Sandy Smith? Um, Yeah, it's addressed to her, but like so was the other letter. Oh, so, so she just hasn't opened it oh, and so seen it's like, like someone who dies die. next. Oh, I thought it was saying that like she was nearby next. No, I don't think so. Wait, let me see. I don't know if you guys can hear me. I was waiting for the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I said I thought yeah, you're forgetting that you have to talk into the yeah, mic. Yeah, yeah. I said I thought that it was addressed to like her, like if she was gonna die next. But I think no, it it's just no. The just, other one was addressed to her too. Just someone just like specifically for her at the obituary. Dude, that's place. hella dope. And that's scary, but like that's, that's scary. But that's like you could like say someone's life, or you could just like you could. You have the power to. Or, better yet, you tell the news reporter like this is where it's gonna go down, like the nightcrawler. Have you seen the movie The Nightcrawler? <laughs> oh, I was thinking about Mean Girls. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> when she when the girl says that her boobs can predict the weather, oh, no. it's like she'll go. She could go on the news and be like, today. So and so is gonna die. Right. But then why would she put that out there? No, she wouldn't put that. She would just tell the news reporters, and then she would sell like, like those like rights or whatever. It'd be like, pay me this amount of money, and I'll <laughs> tell you where it is, so you're gonna get the juiciest story. <laughs> oh my God, you're even thinking about how she's gonna make money. <laughs> yeah, right. <Just> <laughs> First that. of all, who the hell is sending the letters? That's so weird. Yeah, death is. Death. Get your bag, twenty twenty one. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, I have one here that's called, this microphone. um, has anyone heard, or let me say the name, username, uh, X Rome X, X, land, X, 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 I think X, X, X land was Cleveland. What other lands are there? Maryland. Oh, Maryland. 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 Um, X Rome X. I don't know how to say it. That's just how it is. Rome, like the city of Rome in Italy. Rome is in Italy, right? 
Rome, yes. Italy. Yeah. Italy, Rome. Or is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Even if it's not. Uh, this is going to get weird. The first part is weird. Oh. Okay. Uh, has anyone heard of this cooking show is what it's called? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the one that I was interested in reading. Why? Because I, like, I, I saw the title and I was like, what? And I started oh. skimming through it, but I thought it was too long, so I didn't pick it. It's a little bit long. But it looks interesting. That's right. You even get a disc. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get into the right narration. Bro. That's right. You get 11 discs for only three. Fuck. <laughs> One more time. Commercial? That's right. You get 11 discs for only three payments of thirty nine ninety nine. And I was like, Jason, you're such a. It's better than a flat iron. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, just like that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> With a deep sigh, I chugged the remote to the side. Dragging a hand over my face, I'd been channel surfing for hours, constantly getting lost in tide pools of infomercials and heavily censored porn. It shouldn't have been a surprise. Late night television fucking sucked. My eyes stung from the flickering fluorescent light of the TV and my bone-deep fatigue. Insomnia was a huge bitch, leaving you with only enough brain power to process moving images. I remember when I was little, my mother, my mother would warn me not to spend too much time in front of the TV lest I wanted my eyes to turn square. I used to laugh back then, but now I'm not so sure she was just messing with me. I felt bloated and not hungry at all, but I still peeled my body off the couch to get some snacks. I wanted to eat simply because I was bored out of my mind. Unfortunately for me, there was nothing much in my cabinets. I desperately needed to go grocery shopping, but I kept putting it off due to laziness. At least I was losing some weight from eating less, something that people like to comment on. Exercise wasn't an option for me. Given that I was always exhausted, I worked from home and spent a lot of time staring at my apartment walls. My life was kind of miserable, but I didn't have the energy to think much about it. I didn't have enough reminders, or I had had enough reminders from my family. I found a box of stale crackers and brought them back to the living room, sinking down on the couch once again. My tailbone hurt from hours of inactivity. My whole body did, actually, which made me feel 15 years older than I actually was. Stuffing a couple of crackers into my mouth, I dejectedly grabbed the remote and clicked the channel button again and again and again. Life had lost all meaning. Then finally, there seemed to be something different. I stopped at what seemed to be the beginning of a cooking show. The intro was playing, showcasing various dishes that I'd ever seen before, that I'd never seen before, along with a catchy tune. The title flashed on the screen in an elegant lettering, The Midnight Ambrosial. The set was expensive looking, with the latest gadgets like an enviable, enviable, oh, enviable stainless steel fridge and a very advanced microwave. Metallic surfaces glinted and even the knives on the wall rack above the stove, like they'd been meticulously polished, all looked so clean, like you could eat from the floor. The hostess walked in, smiling broadly at the camera. She was the barefoot Contessa. She was the barefoot Contessa and Paula Dean type, motherly but also kind of off. They all had a bit of unhingedness in their eyes, holding it at bay until a couple of glasses of wine with their cooking got the best of them. The only difference was that she wore incredibly elegant, outdated clothing, like she was attending a ball in some faraway castle and not preparing a meal. She also wore expensive jewelry, everywhere except her hands. I felt inadequate just looking at her in my boxers and an old, pit-stained t-shirt. Welcome, everybody, to the Midnight Ambrosial. 
she said, her voice kind of breathy and low, almost like it was meant to be seductive. My name is Adeline, and I am so glad you tuned into the show tonight. You're in for a treat. There was no windows on the set, so I couldn't tell if this was live or pre-recorded. I highly doubted any cooking show would be filming so late at night, so it had to be the latter. It also seemed perfectly orchestrated, which is hard to pull off on live television. Still, I'd never even heard of this show before, which made it even more interesting. Involuntarily, I found myself leaning forward a bit, captivated by it all. I thought we'd prepare something special for tonight. I've been thinking about it for days now, Adeline continued, wiping the corner of her lips as if to emphasize her point. She walked over to the fridge and pulls out a meat package, wrapped up neatly in butcher paper. I managed to get my hands on this really nice cut of long pig, a juicy loin. Long pig? I frowned, trying to think of where I'd heard that before. I reached into my pocket for my phone to Google it, but then realized I'd left it charging in my bedroom. It sounded fancy, and my knowledge of fancy food was practically non-existent. I figured maybe I could learn a thing or two for the next time I went to the supermarket. I scrambled for a pen and a piece of paper as Adeline continued, hooked on her every word. We're going to roast this with some red wine and mushrooms. Hmm. It's going to be so tender and flavorful, I can already taste it. She unwrapped the pack, revealing the meat cut. For a moment, she stared at it, almost as if transfixed for her eyes, glazed over and her mouth slightly open. The camera zoomed in, showing the cut in greater detail. The meat seemed a little darker, and the cuts of pork I'd seen with a slight purplish hue. The image was so clear it felt like I could reach out and touch it, squishy and cold, faintly perfuming the air and metal and slightly earthy rawness. I reached for another handful of crackers. Adeline finally stopped staring and went to get a bottle of wine from a nearby side table. The camera went back to its original place showing the kitchen once more and Adeline uncorked the wine. She poured herself a glass and took a long sip. Here we go, I thought. Ah, and before I forget, we actually have a very special guest on the show tonight. Here's a dear friend of mine, and a man of great taste, who also loves to cook. Adeline smiled, smiled broadening. It almost was too large for her to fit her face. Welcome, dear Absalon. The camera suddenly went to the other side of the set, and was, wasn't visible before. A table had been set for two, decorated extravagantly enough to be fit for royalty. Faces overflowing with exotic flowers, candles dripping wax on silver candelera, candelabra, and even ruby-red pomegranates. A man sitting on one of the chairs, delighted smile on his face as he nodded at the camera. Absalon was strikingly handsome, so perfectly symmetrical and aesthetically pleasing that it was unnerving. I couldn't look at his face directly. His clothes were also quite extravagant, matching Adeline's style perfectly. He said nothing to her greeting, simply staring at the camera. Through it, I'd even say. For a couple more uncomfortable seconds, as soon as the camera turned to Adeline, I found that I could breathe much easier. As she started with the cooking instructions, I heard to take notes, entranced by both her husky voice and the inherent deliciousness of the dish she was making. She described the smells and textures of the ingredients in great detail, the camera zooming in each of them. And I gushed over the greatness of the recipe. At one point, she even seemed to have the res to restrain herself from eating it. It was only halfway done, but her jittery anticipation was contagious. 
She even burned her hand on the pan as she seared the meat, fingers shaking as she tightly gripped the handle. If she was in any pain, she didn't show it. Her breathing was shallow, though, and her eyes wide. I was on the edge of my seat. My writing became nearly illegible from trying to keep up and suddenly the ink smeared as a drop of liquid fell onto the piece of paper. When I felt another string rolling off the bottom of my lip, I realized I was drooling, intensely. My stomach no longer felt bloated, but instead achingly empty and a void waiting to be filled. I felt like I was, I had little control over my body, hypnotized by this strange show and even stranger hostess. All I knew was that this sudden craving, this gnawing hunger, it was almost revitalizing, making me forget my insomnia and instead urging me to feed. Was the supermarket even open at hours like this? I felt a great urge to grab my car keys and find out. On the screen, Adeline pulled the steaming bacon pan out of the oven and uncovered it. The sight of it, juicy golden brown meat swimming in dark, slightly crimson sauce, nearly sent me into a frenzy. All I could do was shove more crackers into my gaping, wet maw. At least I was salivating so much I wouldn't choke on them. Adeline moaned as she cut into it, which made me jolt. My, my, this looks so delectable. I can barely keep from sinking my teeth into it. She joked, but her laugh sounded wrong, forced, with a strange growl in her throat. You must try this at home. It's a high-quality meat. Once you get a taste of the long pig, you'll never want to try anything else. I believed her. I had never wanted something more in my stupid, pathetic life. Not even happiness. Not even a good night's sleep. How could I have ever deprived myself of the pleasure of eating? It was torture. Adeline served two portions and brought the plates over to the table where Absalom looked looked positively ravenous. Even while he still smiled, that same smile. And if you don't know where to find some long pig, well, you could always ask a friend, she said cheerily, pouring two glasses of wine. We hope you tune in again soon. We will still have plenty more recipes to try. She sat down across from him. They clinked glasses together. Then the camera, once more, focused solely on Absalom. So close I could see that he was practically poreless and blemishless, entirely too perfect. He raised his glass as a toast to the audience, his expression unchanging. And so, the great serpent devours itself once more, he said, his voice deep and hoarse and unearthly, rattling my very bones. There was a wet slurping noise, and then the camera was pointed to Adeline once more. I saw that she was tearing into her meat like a wild beast. The dark sauce trickled on her chin and her fingers. Absalom, on the other hand, remained civilized, cutting his meat carefully before bringing a small piece to his mouth. And me. I remained transfixed as the camera pulled out and out and out. Revealing more of the set, the sounds of eating continued, impossibly loud in my ears. It was then I noticed that Absalom was sitting on a wheelchair, and that while I could see Adeline's feet under the tablecloth, I could not see his. My stomach rumbled ferociously. And that's the end. What? <laughs> that one's pretty weird, right? I... So... <laughs> I'm just confused. I have so many questions. Wait, what did you get? I mean, you get it, right? So what are they eating? I mean, they're eating Absalom's freaking legs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they call it long pig? I don't know. I don't know what long pig means. I didn't do much research on that. So they're eating his legs. Yeah, I I think. I mean, yeah. 
The, yeah, like, that's what I assume. Because he said, once again, the serpent eats itself once it, or whatever. Eats itself once again or something. Have you seen like that snake that like is like eating its own tail? Yeah. I think that's what he's talking about. And he's like eating himself. So has to be his legs. It's fucking crazy. It just that one like gave me like just weird like vibes. Yeah. So, I like it. But yeah. That one was I like, was very like into it. Like I wanted to watch the show. Yeah. It's like I was watching it with him. But he's they're eating humans. But it's weird, like, how he wants to eat the human as well. Because he's, like, so like hungry yeah, for it. Yeah, he gets so, like, salivating. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was the last one. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Well, have you guys seen that cooking show before? Yeah. It says, does anyone know the name of this cooking show? So if you know, or has anyone heard of this cooking show? If you know, message him. Let him know. Yeah. I watched it before, but I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> And if you ever want to try a long pig, you could just ask a friend. Just ask a friend. See if they're willing to do you a little favor. They can also eat it as well. So <laughs> it's like it's like a you know, two birds with one stone. Yeah, you can have a little a little dinner together. <laughs> Sacrifice Ew. themselves. But anyways. Um That was it. Those were the stories, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed listening to this. Hopefully it spooked you a little bit maybe yes. relaxed you maybe put you to sleep i don't know feel like i shouldn't talk loud <laughs> <laughs> hey wake up <laughs> wake the fuck up okay so yeah. that was it for this episode hope you guys enjoyed and don't forget to let us know which story was the best spooked your goot mm, i like that is that a thing well james charles says spooked my goot Oh my god. Spook my goot. Um so anyways. Which one spooked your goot? Yeah. Uh <laughs> also just want to let you guys know, um or I just want to remind you that this whole week of or this whole month of October we're gonna be releasing creepy episodes. So if you're here for that, comment down below, let us know or just let us know like what you would want to uh listen to or hear or anything like that. Or what you guys want us to talk about for the next uh, creepy episodes. Mm-hmm. We've got five of them coming up. We do have some ideas planned, but we always want to know what you guys want to hear. Yeah, and if you guys open to yeah. you guys' uh, thoughts and ideas, maybe we'll choose one of them and yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode and get ready for the spooky season, get ready baby. For spooky season. I'm just I want to get you guys into the spooky um vibe. you know vibe. Yeah. You know the vibes. You know the fucking you know the spooky vibes. vibes. Jinx, jinx, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening or watching if you're watching this on our YouTube channel. And if you're listening um, on audio platforms as well. Yep. And uh, yeah. So we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.